Hey world, thanks for tuning into my podcast, Run On Thoughts. I am your host, Marshall. I am not afraid to be all of myself, even as I evolve. Today's topic, unpacking. As we have just finished celebrating Mental Illness Awareness Week, I hope many of you are at least thinking about how to best make mental health a priority. And furthermore, I am not a doctor. I simply wish to inspire you to unpack your shit. Y'all got that? Y'all ready? Let's go. Unpack what you say, unpack your trauma, unpack your perceptions, and even revisit your values. Because everything you have been through is directly related to who you are in this moment. And in order to gain a proper assessment of the real you, we need to do a complete inspection of our lives on this life journey and unpack our baggage. See what still fits and what doesn't, what is serving us and what isn't, and how it is serving us. Then we get to make a decision to get rid of what won't work on the journey you would like to travel. Crazy enough, even if life looks good, you need to do this. Kind of like cleaning out your closet. What is a season, a reason, or a lifetime? As I'm finding my voice on this podcast, I'm realizing that my greatest gift is transparency. So I'm always going to use my story to share my thoughts about the world at large and how I feel about things. And with this topic, unpacking, I'm going to start with myself. Most of the time when people call me or friends call me, we usually wind up in deep conversations. I'm not the friend that you call for idle chit chat. I wish I was, but I'm not. You call me when you want to unpack your shit. Friends, family, sisters, I try to always remain optimistic, but I'm very cut and dry. I tell people the truth. I'm always like, if you are not willing to go to the source of the problem and do the actual work, you are always going to wind up right back in the same situation. So one of the first things you have to decide is if you are willing to unpack your baggage, okay? So once we start there and decided that we are willing, right? Now that we are willing, what's next? We have to be willing to open it. We have to be willing to open that baggage and look inside. And for many, that may be the hard part, but it's not. Because now that we're opening it, and now that it's open, now we have to be willing to be transparent. Because... It's the transparency that is going to allow you to look through it piece by piece and make decisions about the roles that this baggage plays in your life. When I look at my own baggage, I see lots of trauma. And in this moment, my knees are shaking because I'm not sure how far into the baggage I want to travel. But since I said that I was going to be transparent, I might as well be transparent. So I'm going to share a story with you. I'm going to share a story with you guys about my baggage of trauma that is abandonment. It is no secret. I think I share this story with almost everyone that I have abandonment issues. 
Um, it is also no secret that I lost my mom when I was eight years old to a drug overdose. There are details about her life and her story that I wouldn't share because part of me believes that you have to have permission to share other people's stories, even when they tie in with your own story. But when my mom died, what happened was I felt a sense of, hmm, I want to say loneliness, but I've always felt different. So I'm not quite sure if that's what I was feeling at the time. But I also didn't have a active father. So I wasn't just a motherless child or a fatherless child. I was a parentless child. I was weird. I was different. I didn't feel like I fit in anywhere. Um, I wasn't very expressive. I was to myself. And when my mom died, we went to live with my aunt full time. Um, I didn't realize then, but we had lived with my aunt before my mom died and they, my mom fought for us back. She literally, I'm talking about a tug of war between my aunt and my mom. They're pulling us back and forth, dragging us out of the home till finally my aunt let go. The first time I realized was in this moment that that is a biblical tale. My aunt loved me because she let me go and God sent us back. But even with sending us back, I still didn't have a mother and I still didn't have a father. So I felt unwanted. I felt like the universe could take things from you. And I also felt like there were other things that would just leave. So where was I supposed to get any sense of stability from or feeling safe from? I didn't have that. And so in my baggage of trauma, like I said, is abandonment. So how do I unpack that? How did I unpack that? Well, for many years, I didn't unpack it. Everybody thought that I was dancing and rapping and doing good in school and all of these things. My sister and I, well, one of my sisters and I didn't really grow up together. She chose to stay with my mother's family for love. And I chose to stay with my father's family for stability. Now I realize that that's because stability was the most important thing to me at the time. Um, I got food on the table regularly, a pantry full of food, my own bed, clothing, and I made a choice as an eight-year-old girl that that was love. I'm not going to cry, but the fact that I subconsciously had to make that decision is kind of disturbing because I'm realizing that that decision fostered the woman that I am right now. Um, I enjoy childlike youthful fun because I didn't really have childhood fun, but I am also very serious. I do everything that I am supposed to do. And I mean everything. And that could be good or bad. 
like one of the things that my son has said about me that he admires the most is that I keep my word. And I like that I keep my word, but it also makes me very rigid. I'm not interested in trying new things. I'm not interested in letting people in. I'm not interested in being a little flighty. I'm not interested in doing bad things. Like I said, I don't drink or smoke. I don't cheat on. I don't cheat with. I I don't really want to entertain the bullshit. And that's just what it is. But back to my abandonment issues, when I open up my baggage, I see how I perceived my mom dying and my father not being there. At the time, I assumed that both of them simply didn't want to be bothered with us and that I wasn't worthy of being chosen. And so because of that, I thought that excelling in school, excelling in dance, excelling in music, or just being the best would make others want me. Even in relationships, I did the most. And the crazy thing about doing the most is that you often get the least. And I got the least. I don't even, that's going to have to be in a whole other podcast about relationships because when I get to that transparency, man, y'all are going to be glued to y'all podcasts. But I had to be transparent because this abandonment shows up in my life often. It first showed up in my life when I became pregnant. In hindsight, it showed up way before that, but pregnancy was the first time that I realized that I didn't have a mother. I also want to admit that the first time I cried about my mother dying, I was 16 years old. 16 years old was the first time that I realized that I really didn't have a mother and that I was out here all alone. And I wasn't out here all alone because it was my choice. I was out here all alone because I was afraid the The Marshall that I had made for myself, the girl who does what she's supposed to do, who's exciting, who's dancing, who's jumping off the stage, who's rapping, who's using my gifts as an intellect to be in every realm. I fit in with the cool kids. I fit in with the nerds. I fit in with the weirdos. I was just moving in and out through experiences and through life. And I was just doing the best that I can. I told you guys in the last podcast that I got pregnant because I was, it was an act of rebellion. And in that act of rebellion, I did find myself because I learned that I would never make decisions based on what others thought of me. And that was also one of my things about being so rigid. I'm going to be the Marshall that I am. And my dad not being there was hard. But not in the way hard that people think because when I cut you off, I cut you off. You can ask about me. Done is done. Out of all my sisters, I am not really the nice one. People think I'm nice because I'm fun. But I ain't nice. When I cut you off, I cut you off. When I am done, I am done. And I just don't really want to be bothered. Now, my other sisters, uh, two of them might whoop your ass. But um, they are sweeter. And I think they'll whoop your ass because they know that they are sweeter. And I am really not the nice one. And that's because I'm closed off. To this day, I'm still closed off. I talk a lot, but if you really listening to me, you realize that I don't share a lot. So on this podcast, if it sounds like I'm nervous, it's because I am making a conscious decision to 
share my thoughts, my feelings, my fears, and this baggage. So I remember after my son was born, I found out that my aunt was taking my son to see my dad, who by this time I had cut off completely. You're not going to be in and out of my life and think that it's okay. I don't have that because I really do believe that part of our baggage is not in the what happened, but in the how we perceived it, right? We have this yearning for people to be in our lives. So we make up a story about who they would have been and who we would have been had they been in our lives. But the truth is who they were was someone who didn't want to take on the responsibility of parenting. So it doesn't matter what I perceive, they couldn't have been that anyway. So it is far better that they not be in our lives at all. But my father and my son having a relationship, when I found out, I wrote my father a letter. And most of the letters just was that you got two choices. You get to be all in my son's life or all out because no one was going to treat my son the way I had been treated. No one was going to walk in and out of his life. And my father never said anything about the letter. He just was in. And that is how I reconciled my daddy issues. And I realized that everybody doesn't have that because I also realized that the older generation, one, they don't like to apologize they feel entitled that no matter how they treat you, that as long as they brought you into this world, you owe them. And I've come to terms with the fact that that is their trauma, right? From the way that they were raised. So I'm trying to reconcile that. But my father is a good grandfather and my father is all in. And you can almost ask my father anything. Part of his parenting is always from a place of don't be like me and don't do what I did and wanting to rectify the mistakes that he made in the past. And it is him wanting to rectify the mistakes that he made in the past that allows me to forgive him because I don't believe in blind forgiveness. And that's going to be another podcast issue as well. Uh, for me to forgive you, you have to do something. And then I get to decide if I want to forgive you. I'm not forgiving no one because society said so. I make the choice because if you forgive someone because others told you to, the truth is you're still going to be feeling that pain because you haven't really forgive them. You just said the words. It's not real. You didn't do the work. So I was able to forgive my father, but I also made the decision while forgiving my father to ask him anything that I wanted to ask him. And that's the transparency. Like, why weren't you there? What was going on? What did I do? Because you know, another thing with trauma is that we carry the weight of other people's stuff on our backs and our hearts and our souls, right? So most girls who have daddy issues, you think it's because of something that you did or something that you could have done. And the truth is there is nothing that you could have done. There is nothing that you, the child, could have done to make an adult do for you, right? You're the child. There's nothing that you've could have done. There's nothing that I could have done to make my father a better father. Only time and him deciding that he wanted to be a better father. Because see, two things would have happened. One, you become a better father. I forgive you or not because I got that choice, right? Or you don't become a better father and you wouldn't have been in my life because peace is most important to me. 
So you got two choices with me. You're going to be in and I'm going to benefit from you being my life or you're going to be out and I'm just going to benefit from you not being in my life. So that experience with my father and healing that relationship, I realized that it was also healing relationships with how I chose partners. And that is why I realized how important it was to unpack that trauma and that most of the feelings and most of the things that we experience as, a, as adults are tied directly to the things that we have experienced as children. I realized that I was choosing men that I had to fight for and work hard for and do the most for. Whew, Lord, I don't even want to. Oh man, I've got the shakes. All right, let me take a second. When I realized that that's not love and that this is not what love looks like, it's because I had healed trauma. My abandonment issues were not healed. That's a, you know what? Rewind because my trauma wasn't healed. It was just acknowledged, right? I was acknowledging how the correlation between my dad and the men that I chose was a thing. And now that I had opened it up and was willing, because first of all, even if my father changed, if I wasn't willing, then it just wasn't going to happen. So, you know, that was a thing. And then my, my second trauma came, let's see. I'm not sure I want to share a story, so I'm going to be leaving out some things. But when I had my son, I was 18 years old. I was on my own and the village had to step in and help me and my son and allow me to get on my feet. So I felt abandoned for a second time because me and my son were out in the world all by ourselves and Thank God for those people that had to step in. But that experience created another trauma, right? Because now I feel like I can't rely on those who say that they love you. They always be outsiders and people who God has sent into my life to make sure that I got to the next stage or the next level or the, the next focus of my life. But the people who say that they're going to take care of you, that may not be a true thing. And also realized that that was a factor in how I chose men and I chose relationships. I wasn't really choosing someone for a lifetime because I didn't really believe that things were for a lifetime. So now that I had those feelings, what am I going to do with them? Because I don't want to continue dating and meeting people and doing things where this trauma keeps coming up, my abandonment issues keep coming up. So what are you going to do? I'm going to look in the bag. I'm going to pull out the trauma and I'm going to correlate this trauma, excuse me, with who I am in this moment right now. I talk a lot on the phone with my older sister and I'm not sure how much she wants me to share, but we didn't grow up together. Of course, all of my sisters and I, we have the same father. And because of that, we all have the same daddy issues and a host of other traumas like the rest of us. And my older sister, I realized that when she is going through something, she shuts down. Now that's me. When I'm going through something, I shut down. 
I don't want to be around people. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to do any of those things. And some time had went by and we weren't speaking. And I told her that I could feel her energy and that I could feel that something is not right. And for whatever reason, a light force came on and we connected and we began a journey of not just sisterhood, but a friendship where we became like light and our nightly and daily and morning conversations became about unpacking her trauma. I should have had this conversation with her before I started this because I would have liked to have shared what her trauma was and what we did to deal with that trauma. But first, I had to make her trust me, right? And when I say trust me, I really mean trust yourself, right? Because many of us are out here making mistakes and drinking and smoking and having sex and not living our dreams and doing all of these things, mostly because of our fears and our traumas. We are letting the past affect the present. And if the past is affecting the present, it is absolutely going to affect the future. So what can we do? We can go through it. And when I tell you it's work, it's work. Some of it is going to make you cry. Some of it is going to make you shiver. Some of it is going to make you quiver because some people have greater traumas, right? Than even my abandonment. There are people who have been raped, abused, molested, domestic abuse survivors, um, feeling unloved, emotionally abused by parents, told that you ain't shit, that you ain't never going to be shit, that you're stupid, that you're dumb, beat. The list goes on and on and on. And those things that happen to you from other people, it's not just that it's baggage. It's that you're carrying the baggage, right? You're carrying it. So everywhere you go, the baggage goes. And some of that shit is not even yours. Like if you've been raped and or molested, because I don't even understand the molest word, right? Molest just sounds sweet. And I don't think grown people touching on little people should sound sweet. You a rapist. Just because you didn't forcefully throw somebody down in no way does it make it violent. A grown up sleeping with a child is violent. All right. Come back, Marshall. But y'all know what I'm trying to say. So if you are raped and are molested, I have often heard people who say that they have been raped and molested feel shame, feel bad, feel like victims. And I'm like, what? Why do you feel any kind of way because you were violated? Because another person did something to you what makes you feel the shame of their behavior? Because I'm about to get graphic. So if you don't like graphic, mute. I don't care if you are bucket naked, bent over, holding your ass cheeks open. No grown up has the right or should even desire to have sex with a child. I don't care if you are jumping around butt naked. It There is no excuse known to mankind that could justify that for me outside of toxic 
masculinity given to women, which then becomes toxic feminine energy and everybody just out here bugging. But once again, you have been told that you have to wear the shame of what other people have done to you. And I am telling you to give it back. That's right. Give it back. Because when someone harms you in any way or causes you to live in a space of trauma, what they are doing is giving you their darkness. And if someone is giving you their darkness, then you are not living in your light. So they've taken from you, right? And now you got to walk through life not feeling like the self you were created to do because that's what baggage does, right? Baggage makes you heavy and you are not free to be the self that God created you to be because you are walking around with all of this shit on your back and walking around with all of this shit got your mind jumbled and foggy and feeling inadequate because that's what trauma does. Trauma forces you to take what other people have given you, their pain, their abuse, their stuff, and you are wearing it and you don't know how to get it off. And I'm going to tell you how to get it off. Recognize that trauma is a lie. Trauma makes you responsible for other people's bad behavior. And you are not responsible for other people's shit, right? My father making a choice not to father is not my fault. I shouldn't be walking around saying I have daddy issues. I don't got daddy issues. He got fathering issues. That's not my cross to bear. That's not my cross to bear. You being raped because you walked down an alley. That's not your cross to bear because somebody don't have discipline or morals or dignity and is a disgusting human being. Why do you have to feel the shame of that? You were raped. Somebody took something from you. You shouldn't have to feel any way about that. The person who did something wrong to you, it is their cross to bear. So I am telling you to give it back. Another issue that disturbs me is those of us who have been raised in environments of emotional abuse and people and grown-ups have told you that you ain't shit or that you from a certain environment and because you're from that certain environment, it means that you're not going to amount to anything. Once again, someone is giving you their trauma and hoping that you wear it. And I am telling you that you get to make a choice. You get to not wear it. You get to throw it out. You get to make the decision to give it back. You don't have to absorb what other people believe about you. But that's why it's so important to unpack your trauma, right? Because you get to sit still and say, who am I? And you get to ask the whys about yourself, right? Why do I feel this way? Why am I going through this? 
Why, why, why? I know why, why sounds like a three-year-old, but the reason why the three-year-old is asking why is because they're trying to get answers, right? They're, they are exploratory. And this is your life. You must explore it. You must explore everything. Like, remember, not just trauma, but even your beliefs. Everything that you believe is because of the things that you experienced growing up. So when you become a grown-up, you have to go back and unpack your beliefs because they may not even be serving you. Like one of the things that no longer serves me is that, all right, I'm going to say it. I used to be a strong black woman, a strong black independent woman until I realized that that strength that I thought was strength was really just trauma because I couldn't rely on men or trust men. That made me, it fueled me to think that the only person that I could depend on was myself. And although it was my reality, even when it wasn't my reality, because I had attached that trauma to my being, I needed to go back and unpack that so that if and when, and those times when men did step in who could step up, that I would be willing to share the load with those men. Now, it doesn't mean forget that there are some people who ain't shit. Because you do need to use the past as a, as a way of assessing danger. But you also need to be willing to see that everybody is not going to hurt you. And that's what I learned. I learned that, yes, I'm strong. And yes, I am independent. And yes, I'm black. But all of those words together makes me sound like a victim. Perception, right? Because I used to believe that it made me sound strong. But it doesn't. It actually invites weak men into my life who don't want to do anything because I'm telling them that I'm going to do everything. And it makes strong men not want to be bothered with me because there's nothing for them to do. So they're just going to pass me by. But let me let y'all know this. I unpacked that shit. So now when you come and check for me, Rest assured that although I can take care of myself, I'm attracted to someone who can take care of themselves. But if we are together, we work as a team. And if you're not interested in working as a team, you can exit stage left. See, the beauty of that last statement is that when you unpack your baggage, you can begin the process of living in your truest self. You can begin to live in your light, your purpose, your light. And that's what I want for you. All of this was just about me sharing and showing you how I unpacked and how I have helped others unpack because it is in the unpacking that you will begin to see who you really are. And it will allow you to look in the mirror without the weight of your past. If you're angry, if you're sad, if you have anxiety, intention, and whatever it is that you're going through, 
without unpacking it, you can't even begin to breathe. And I simply want you to be able to breathe. So if you've gotten anything from today's podcast, I hope that if you see yourself and if you look around and if you're honest with yourself, you'll know if you're carrying a heavy load. And if you're carrying a heavy load, please go get help for yourself especially. Because most of this for me is about self-love. I want you to love yourself because only if you love yourself can you love others from an authentic place. And only if you love yourself Will you be able to ask for the type of love that you deserve and live the life that you deserve? All right, I'm tired of talking to you guys. Bye.